well, I was like stirring my heart for the word this morning. I felt like it required your participation. How many of you ever had somebody just randomly want to give you something? Anybody? And you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't need it. Or like, didn't really want to take it. You're like, or they wanted to buy you something and you're like, I got it. You don't got to do that. Anybody? And you like kind of were like, I can do this. I don't. Well, this morning I felt like what it requires for you to, to, to receive the word is you to humble yourself. And sometimes we, we can sit there in such a, a position or a thought like, well, I might need it. I don't know. No, you need what God is going to give you this morning. You need it for this week. You need it for the growth in your life. You need it. You need the word to water that seed that he's planted in there. You need it. And so it's going to require you to receive it. And you receiving it requires you to humble your heart. And out of that, that space, I just, just like, just to humble yourself, maybe put your hands in front of you or just stand in his presence and say, God, I'm, I'm ready to take hold of what you have because I need it that much. Do you need him more than you need anything else this morning? And that's, just stand and just, I'm going to pray over the word as it's going to come forward. But, but like really position your heart and saying, God, I, I can't do anything unless I have you and the, and your word this morning. God, we do as a people say, we cannot do life without you. We cannot, we cannot function or move or be creative or make or, or teach or lead or any of it without you, Father. And so your word is so important to us this morning. And we humble ourselves before you, God. And we choose to receive all that you have for us. We take it. We want even the more, God, this morning. We thank you that your word is powerful, that your word is effective in our lives, that your, wa- your word washes us like water. God, we just thank you for your word this morning, and we thank you for the anointing on your word that can do the impossible in us. In Jesus' name, amen. I would like to start this morning by sharing a testimony. Do you like testimonies? So on Monday, um, we went home for a real late lunch. And um, we hadn't even, I hadn't even cleaned up the kitchen. And I said, Mike, I need to go back to the church. And I just felt compelled to come back. And so it was probably about 2 o'clock. And I drove into the, underneath the thing. And I was sitting there and I was like, man... I am so tired. What in the world was I feeling like I just have to be here for? I just got to be here. And I was trying to psych myself up to get out of the car and go in and do what I needed to do. I was just sitting in the car, which is bizarre itself. And a car pulled in and I was like, oh, I wonder who that is. And um, when they got out of the car, I, I wasn't certain who it was. And she come around, and I got out of my car, and she came around, and we met, and I said, um, hi. And she said, I, I just had to come and tell you thank you. She said, I, um, my son, Kirk, had surgery on his eye, and I saw the sign, the sign that said, expect a miracle, and I just knew God was going to do something, and so I... I just 
went into that knowing God was going to move. And I said, you're never going to believe this. We prayed over your son yesterday in church. She said, I, I don't understand. How could you? I said, I don't know. Our church is just a church that likes to pray for people. And the request came to pray for a Kirk with whose eye had this spot on it. And she goes, oh, oh no, no. My son, he had a... Um, detached retina and had surgery and I said well isn't that astounding that there was two Kirks well let me pray over him right now and I took her hand and I prayed over her and then um she had tears in her eyes and I'm just she starts telling me her story and her journey from Colorado to here to be with her son and all of that I get a second opportunity to pray over her and I just I just thought God You work all things. You're always at work, even when we don't understand it. And so I just give you great praise and glory. And I said, it doesn't matter. God knew we needed to pray for that, Kirk, too, so it was covered. Yeah. That's a cool testimony. And our sign means something to many people. So I get more comments over Expect a Miracle than anything else. So this morning, I have a message that's burning with passion in me, and I don't know how to start even. Isn't that crazy? And I have probably three times more than you need to hear, and so it's got to be the Holy Spirit speaking through me this morning to you, because I believe the Lord encouraged me to speak to you about living from the unseen, okay? Living from the unseen. That's living from things you can't see unseen, invisible, you know, that kind of thing. And I was so stirred. In fact, I thought, oh, I know there's a book on this. So I'm studying. And I said, Mike, where's that book, Living from the Unseen? And I got it out and I flipped through all the different chapters. I was like, nope, that's not what I'm going after. And so that wasn't helping me, but this is for you today. And the Lord actually said to me that this message was significant for you. So I want you to receive what he has for you. So I, I want to talk about one of the mysteries of God. You like his mysteries? You like a, a good mystery and solve it? I want to talk about that. And it's learning to live from the unseen. And I believe that understanding what I'm going to share with you today will change how you do life. And that's why it's significant. So I want to start like and lay a foundation so we're all on the same page. Because it's easy for me to assume you know everything I know. And sometimes that's not true. And sometimes you know things I don't know. And so I want to start at the beginning with a description of God in the scripture in 1 Timothy 1.17. Let me read that. It says, now to the king eternal, you know, forever. That's eternal, forever. Immortal, he's not subject to death. Invisible, he's unseen. To God, who alone is wise. Did you hear that? Alone is wise. Be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And follow that with John 4, 24. It says, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is spirit. He is not flesh and bones like we are. He is spirit. 
And we need to understand that. And even though he is spirit, the scripture speaks of his eyes and his hands and his fingers and his loins and his voice and all the different things that God speaks about. He is spirit. And we need to understand that. That's the foundation of this. In Romans 1.20 it says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, don't you love that? Invisible ones. Are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that you're without excuse. In other words, God is showing who he is continuously to the world. Through nature, through his hidden attributes, he's expressing who he is. So we have God and he's spirit. Okay? We start there. And then we go to Jesus Christ, and I love this. In fact, I want to read it uh, out of the Passion Translation. Is, is Which one do I have up there? I have King James. Okay, I'll read it out of the King James. It says, he is the image. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So you want to know what God looks like? Look at Jesus. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. And this will rattle you because our comprehension and our understanding don't always go where his are. Listen to this. It says, for by him, all things were created that are in the heavens and that are on the earth. All the things visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all those things were created through him and for him. I have to read it out of the Passion Translation. It won't be up there, but listen. Jesus is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God and the firstborn heir of all creation. For in him was created the universe of things, both in the heavenly realm and on the earth, all that is seen and all that is unseen, every seat of power, realm of government, principality, and authority, all exists through him and for his purpose. So we have God is spirit, and then we have Jesus who is an image of the God that is spirit. So we have both of those, and then we go to us, okay? So it's you and I. And I go to Genesis for us. Because in the beginning, what did he do? God came and, and he took the dirt and he, and he formed it and he blew his breath into it. Remember that? And I love what it says in Genesis one twenty seven. It says this. So God created man. And that's just not man. That's all of us. God created man in his own image. You were made to look like God. Do you understand that? You were created to look like him. He created him. Male and female, he created them. God created you in his image. You were created in the likeness of God. You are spirit first. Did you know that? Spirit comes first because at conception, spirit comes And then the body's formed. You are a spirit being. And you have to understand that you are a spirit being. And it's so easy because I get up and I look in the mirror. I don't see that spirit inside of me. All I see is my hands and my face and my shoulders. And 
how I wished it was different. There you go. You look in the mirror, right? And so we look at the physical person. But we are much more than flesh and blood. It is critical that we understand that we are so much more than flesh and blood. We are a spirit being first. You were created in his likeness. And so the key verse for today, for this whole message, is 2 Corinthians 4.18. Okay? And listen to it. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. That's kind of tough, isn't it? To look at things that are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. This whole body of mine, it's temporary. Someday it will be in the grave and it will become dust again. But the things which are not seen, that spirit inside of me, it's eternal. And it lasts forever. And I go to heaven and live with him forever. Our being, our spirit man is eternal. And your, your spirit man is actually much more powerful than your physical man. Not only is it more powerful, it is... How do you say it right? It is much more significant, your spirit man. It holds the authority. Did you know your spirit man has authority over your physical body? Sometimes we just let the the flesh rule and reign. And we were meant for our spirits to rule and reign. Paul tells us something significant about the spirit being inside of you. He says, when you ask Jesus to come into your life and accept him, this is what happens. Look at Colossians 3.10. It says, for you have acquired new creation life, which is continually being renewed into the likeness of the one who created you. Your spirit man is continuously changing to become more and more like him. Giving you a full revelation of God. So you live in an invisible realm and a visible realm at the same time. I'm going to call them this morning the seen and the unseen realm. Okay? You live in both of those. They coexist in this room. Did you know that? There's two realms. There's the natural realm and the spiritual realm. And they coexist together. I truly believe we probably could reach out and touch an angel if our eyes actually could see them. We would be aware of them. It seems like people whose eyes are open to the unseen actually see them all the time, wherever they are. So this seen and unseen, they are different. Our physical body, our physical realm is different from our spiritual realm. They are separate, and they both are real. And the two collide when heaven invades the human heart and the person is born again. The scripture speaks of these two realms in lots of places. For instance, in, um, with Nicodemus, Jesus said, um, Jesus said to him, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You see, the kingdom of God is a reality. It's in this room even. It's a reality. It's an unseen reality. 
But it is as real as this room is. And in Colossians 3, 2 and 3, it says, Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. It's talking about the two realms, the earthly realm and the spiritual realm and what we have to do. So the the scriptures clearly show us that there's these two realms going on at the same time. And I wonder how often, how often does the unseen interact and collide with your physical world and you're not even aware of it? How often? I've had some significant moments when I was aware that in one second of time, God had come into the natural realm and done something on my behalf. I've been aware of that to the point of being shocked. You see, we are so easy to look at our physical realm and see what's going on because that's what we live in. But in reality, we are meant to be spiritual men and women. That's who we are meant to be. The church actually holds responsibility to both understand and administrate both realms. Did you know you had a responsibility in the spirit realm? Look at Ephesians 3, 10. It says, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church, that's you, to principalities, that's unseen, and powers, that's unseen, in heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith with him. So you have responsibility in the spiritual realm. You see, it's easy to believe in what you see. It's before you. It's tangible. It's harder to believe or understand or even be aware of what you do not see. But the clarity comes to our understanding when we understand who we really are. If you know that you're a spirit man and that the kingdom of God resides within you, then every response you choose will be different. I started thinking about the unseen and I realized that in the physical realm, we all trust in the unseen in the physical realm. Don't you trust in the oxygen you can't see? Right? You got to have it, right? It's there. You're taking it in, right? Taking in a breath. But it's unseen. Right? What about the the airwaves that make our phones and our internet and our TV and all of that? Do you, you trust in those? Can you see that? Can you see those airwaves that are moving and making all of that function and work? Are you aware of that? You see, all of that, and electricity, all of that, those things, we don't have any problem in trusting them. We're like, pick it up and turn it on, and it better be there, right? That's how we are, right? But it's the, the spiritual realm, there is an, an, a reality that God wants you to be aware of. There is something he wants to do in the midst of you and through you. Um, The realm of the spirit, the heavenlies, the realm of the kingdom of God are very real. 
I know this, you might not believe this, but they're actually more real than this is. The kingdom of God is more real than our kingdom that we live in. And I want to show you what the scriptures tell us about the unseen and show you that you have a responsibility to walk in that which you cannot see. So um, when we think about operating in the kingdom of the unseen, there's so much we already operate in that we just take for granted. For instance, the kingdom of God is within you. Is that seen? Can you see that? How about you're seated in heavenly places with Christ? How about put on the whole armor of God? We say that, right? How about the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness? Do you actually see the blood pouring over you, changing, whitening you up? How about without faith it's impossible to please God? Each of those statements are true, but they're not physical, tangible. Can you see the kingdom inside of you? Are you aware of the throne that you're seated on? Is the armor too heavy for you today? Do you physically see Jesus' blood cleansing you? We would all probably say no. Even though they're unseen, that doesn't make them any less real. All of the above statements are something that we take by faith. So whenever I think about the unseen realities, I think about what Jesus said to Thomas. See, Thomas wasn't there when Jesus rose from the dead. The first time he came and met with the disciples, Thomas wasn't there. And everybody told him that Jesus had come. And he said, well, personally, I won't believe it's him unless I put my hand in his side where the the sword went in. And I put my hands where the nails were. I'm not going to believe. And in verse 29 of chapter 20 of John, this is what Jesus said to him when he came and met Thomas. He said, Thomas... Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. We have a blessing when we step into the reality of the spirit realm and believe what God says and, what he, and who he is. To understand and access the reality of the unseen, there's a word that we have to have, and that's the word faith. And each of you were given a measure of it. I don't know what your measure looks like, but it says, the scripture tells us that you were given a measure of faith, each of you. And so, um, in Hebrews 11, I love this. It says, now faith, he's telling you what faith is. He says, it's the substance of things you're hoping for. The evidence of things not seen. You're, you're believing for something that you can't see. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. And listen to verse 3. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen, everything you see around you, were not made of things which are visible. That wrecks your mind, doesn't it? See, the two realms don't look the same. And they don't function the same by the same principles or the same rules. One is all-powerful. And it reigns supreme. And it's an eternal realm. The other realm, it's temporary. Do you understand? 
this time in a physical body, this time on earth is only temporary. Whatever you do, it's only temporary because there's eternal after it. And what you choose when you're living in the physical body determines where you live in your eternal time. You know what? The rules of engagement are very different too. The invisible realm calls for us to walk by faith and not by sight. I don't know about you, but I like seeing and being able to, okay, I got it. I, I can I visualize it. I got it. And God is saying, you're a spirit man. You can see in the spirit realm. And I'm asking you to walk by a, the dimension called faith. I'm asking you to put your trust in me. I'm asking you to walk in a way that is above and different than all the other people. Because it's, a, it's by faith. This realm requires you to trust what your physical eyes cannot see. <laughs> That's hard. To trust not in what you see or feel or touch, but in him who created you. You see, you're not putting your trust in a substance. You're putting your trust in a person. The person of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Who rules and reigns on high. Who is above all. And in all. And we move through him. You lean into the one who loves you immeasurably, limitlessly. Do you understand? Do you really understand that he looked at the universe and he picked you and he called you by name and he said, if you're the only person in the universe, I'll go to the cross for you because I want relationship with you. That's love. That's love. And his love for you is the same as his love for me. He has limitless love for each of us. And it's not a group love. It's an individual love. He sees you as a person. He created you distinctly different and unique. He created you with, to function in certain capacities and, and ways. He created you with the ability to see and think in different ways. That's why we're the body of Christ. We're all different. And that's why we need each other. Because unless we come together, all the parts, it doesn't work. And so he chose you, and he loves you. And so 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says this, so we walk by faith and not by sight. You are called as a believer of Jesus Christ to walk by faith and not by sight. You cannot trust what you're seeing. You cannot trust what you're hearing. You cannot trust it. You have to put your trust in the word of God and in the person of Jesus Christ, the Savior. Why did Paul tell us that we had to walk by faith and not by sight? It's because if we rest in those things that we see with our physical eyes, we will miss what God's doing on the earth. If you only see the physical realm, oh, it's sad. There's so much more. There's so much more. Why in the world on Monday was I compelled to come to the church? Because God had a divine appointment. You see, he's at work. He's at work in our lives continuously. And if we will lean into that which we can't see, I seriously sat in the car and said, why did I feel so driven to come here? I can't even make myself get up. I had worked hard that morning at the church. And I was like, oh. Anyway, 
God had a plan. So in Galatians 5.25, it says not only do we walk in the spirit, it says we're to live in the spirit. You see, we live in the physical realm, right? We can't wait for that bedtime. Can't wait for the breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks, all of them. We like the sports and the, the vacations and the, we live in the physical realm. What if all of the attraction of the physical realm was, and we took all of it, we put into the physical realm and put it into the spirit realm, what might occur? What might happen? Because in Galatians 5.25, it says, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. And that verse tells me something really important tells me that you get to choose. You can live and walk in the flesh, which we do a lot, honestly. I personally can tell you, I live in the flesh a lot. It's not a good thing. It's ugly. Because the flesh is, has qualities that is, it's all about me. That's what the flesh is, all about me. And what I want and how I want it. The spirit is all about him. And what he wants and how he wants it. And he's, he's saying, you can choose. If we live in the spirit, let us walk in the spirit. You can choose if you're going, which reality you want to live from. See, I can look at our nation right now. And I can look at the reality of the physical realm. And I can get myself tied up into knots. I can have fear overwhelm me. I can have, what in the world are we going to do? How in the world is there any hope? You can look at that, and it it only takes momentary seconds. Or I can look into the spirit realm, and I can say, Father God, what are you doing in the United States of America? Show me what you're doing. I want to join with what you're doing in the United States. I want to be a part of what, what you want. And I truthfully believe that the Lord has spoken to me and said there's going to be a revival come that's unprecedented. So when it looks dark... It seems like it just gets darker. And I keep thinking, it's going to come. It's going to come. But I'm looking at the physical realm instead of the spirit realm. And God's asking us to awaken out of our stupor. Awaken out of who we are in the physical person. And live in the spirit realm that listens to the voice of the Father. Is full of the word of God. And able to go through life in a different realm because we don't live in the flesh, we live in the spirit. You can actually select the atmosphere you want to live from. Personally, I've seen it happen again and again. Every time I get into a place, I don't think I'm going to be able to stand another thing. I come and I walk and pray and I'm like, oh, oh, oh yeah, I forgot about that, yes. And it changes everything. I don't know how you do it, but I come and I walk the sanctuary. And it changes everything for me because all of a sudden I begin to see things from a different perspective. And it shifts my focus. And it changes where I'm at. And you were created to live from the unseen. You were created to live in the spirit. And I want you to know that life in the spirit is a superior reality than life in the flesh. The unseen reality is limitless. It contains all wisdom. It has 
endless resources. There's no lack. The unseen realm, God makes ways where there are no ways. And that's in Isaiah 43, it tells us that. It's interesting that the scripture tells us that nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by a few. So what if it's two of us that stand on behalf of our nation? There's a whole group of us, but what if it's only two? You see, he can save by many or by a few. We don't have to have X, Y, and Z lined up the way we think it should for God to be able to move. In one second of time, everything can shift, everything can change because that's the God we serve. He's limitless and full of power and full of life. There's nothing outside the realm of possible with God. You have problems and you have issues. There's nothing outside the realm of possibility with God. He can do what no other person can do. Because he's God and he sees all. And his heart is for you. Stop thinking he's trying to destroy you. He's for you. He's for you. He's for you. He's for you. Walls can't stop him. They'll fall down. Seas flee at his command. Jail cells that hold prisoners open when he says open. He literally can stop the sun in its course. He controls the sun, the moon, and the stars. Nothing's outside his reach. Not kings, not presidents. Neither governments, nor armies. He is over all and in all and through all. And his power is above all other powers. He is Lord of all. He is the king of the unseen and he holds authority in all authority in that realm. And I want you to know something. This is so powerful. The, uh, the physical realm is actually subject to the unseen spiritual realm. This world is subject to him. He rules. And we often see it opposite. We think, oh, what, what is God going to be able to do with this mess? How could it ever happen? We go at it the wrong way. We look at it from the physical realm instead of from his realm. And we need to begin looking at every situation and every problem and every confrontation. And from his eyes, okay, Papa, what are you doing here? Because this is not kingdom. And your kingdom is almighty. So what do you want here? What do you want in my job? Because this stinks. You know? What do you want in this United States? Because this is not good. And you are good. And your heart is. It says he would that all would turn to him. That's his heart. So when you look at the wickedness of our nation, his heart is that all would turn to him. All would come into repentance. All would ask him to come in and be their Lord and Savior. That's his heart. And he will do everything possible to draw people to him. He will give them every opportunity. That doesn't mean people say, don't say no sometimes. They do. But he is at work offering. So what would happen if every situation we encountered, we asked God to show us what he was doing in the unseen realm so that we would know how to respond in the seen realm. I heard this quote 
I read it actually from one of um, one of our mentors. It's, and it's a quote from Bill Johnson, and this is what it says. People who see what is unseen have the advantage over everyone else. They are the ones who are able to live from heaven toward earth. Did you know that Jesus declared in Matthew chapter 6? He said that we should ask for the reality of the kingdom of heaven to come and be done on earth. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The reality of this would become the reality of where we walk and live. Why would Jesus ask us to pray for that to happen? Because he wants the reality of heaven to be the reality of earth. He wants you to live from the unseen. See, those things that are, there, there are things available in the realm of the spirit that aren't available in the flesh. And there's a whole kingdom waiting, full of revelation. I heard someone say this, the abundant life that Jesus promised to his disciples is found in the unseen realm. The display of his dominion through miracles and various supernatural expressions are all rooted in the heavenly world, and we must access his world to change this one. We have to access his world. And that's why it's so important this morning, this message, the unseen world is what makes us able to change the seen world. So many opportunities await you. What if we actually saw ourselves from the kingdom perspective of sitting in heavenly places beside Jesus, our high king and priest? What if we saw ourselves there instead of in the muck and the mud? What if we walked in the unseen authority that was given us through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ? You carry authority, church. Do you use it? What if you saw things from the kingdom viewpoint and not the earthly one? You know, the one you see with your face, the the carnal one? What if you switched that? How would things look different if your eyes were fixed on Jesus and not as what's happening around you? You see, when we fix our eyes on the heavenly realm, on God, the eternal, the immortal, the invisible God, It changes what we do. It changes our decisions. It changes how we act. It gives us a new perspective. It shifts our expectations. And it will change how we live from the physical reality into the spiritual reality. So this morning, this is just really an introduction to the unseen. I'm hoping that we, we do more in the unseen. And so I want to pray over you this morning. I'd like you to stand. I want to pray for an awakening of an awareness of this reality to you.
there was a man named Elisha who got words of knowledge and so he destroyed what a different king was trying to do to him over and over again and this king find out where he was and he sent a huge army to get him and when Elisha's servant went out in the morning he saw that they were surrounded by thousands upon thousands of soldiers and he went to Elisha and he said oh Elisha whatever are we going to do the armies are here they're going to destroy us look and Elisha prayed something over him he said servant of God may your eyes be opened and may you see the unseen and his eyes were opened and he saw chariots of fire and horses everywhere all over the heavenlies and then God the story goes on and Elisha asked God to blind the soldiers which they are and they take them to another camp and that's a different story at a different time but there is a reality that God wants to open your eyes to that you would see not only things like that in the heavenlies angels and principalities and powers not that but the situations you face, that your eyes would begin seeing from a different perspective, that they would be awakened to his way and his plan and his purpose. So, Father God, Mike, would you come and join me here? Mike and I together stand on your behalf. And we ask, Father God, that you would open the eyes to the unseen, that they would see what you want them to see, that they would be aware of your realm that is so much greater than the physical realm, that they would be aware that you are the author of life, that you provide everything they need for life and godliness, that you make a way where there is no way, that you are a good God that has good things for them, that you want to show them what, what is necessary, moment by moment. So we ask for you, their eyes to be opened, the eyes of their understanding, their hearts, their ears. Thank you. Pour out on us a fresh revelation of your goodness, Lord, of all that you're doing. Let us see what you're doing. Let us see your plan. Let us see the unseen. We don't fix our eyes on what's temporary, but we fix our eyes on the unseen. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Just say with me right now, Lord, I want to see the unseen. I'm taking my eyes off the physical. I'm putting them on the spiritual. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God is so good. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Put your hand in your heart this morning. The Lord bless you. 
the Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you, lift up his countenance upon you, and give you peace in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. There's going to be a prayer team up here if you want a prayer, you can come up.